Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, hopefully you've had a good week. If you're a Port fan, I'm sure it's been a good weekend. It's nearly making me want to cross over, to be honest. No. <laughs> well, you're looking good. I can't work out whether it's warm in here or cold in here. It's sort of a bit of both. But uh, we'll enjoy it anyway. Let me pray just as we open up this morning. Lord, we thank you that you are here with us and that you are always good and that you want to speak to us this morning. So we open our hearts and minds and we ask that you would, with your voice, speak into our being, speak into our situations. And Lord, we give you permission to have your way. We say, let your kingdom come here in our midst this morning in Jesus' wonderful name. Well, it's, it's always an interesting scenario. Um, this week we had, um, I'm going to give you a sheep analogy, is that okay? It's too bad if it's, if it's not okay because you're going to get one anyway. We have some little, we have some holes in our fence, fences and um, the sheep love to get out, especially the small ones. The grass does look greener on the other side because it's bigger and thicker and really rich out there. And uh, anyway, so the way we get them back is we used to grab hold of them and throw them back over, but they're too big now and it's just annoying grabbing hold of them. And we've realized if we put good food, nice good food, actually where we want them to go, they're desperate to get back in and go straight for that area. And we're going to start by reading in John 10.10. 10, and it says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And I was thinking about our sheep when I was reading this and realizing that we are so much like sheep. We will go anywhere where there's better food, even though sometimes what he's waiting for is for us just to be patient because he's got good food coming. And I believe that's an encouragement for some of you who are being very patient. Maybe you've been in a desert season, a dry season. It's been really, really drawn out. One of the hardest things we as believers do is wait. Wait, wait, wait. Patience. We get stretched, don't we, for longer than we think we can be stretched. But he keeps on stretching us and allowing us to wait. And all the while, he's wanting us not to just run out those little loopholes because things look better elsewhere, because he has got good food for you. And he's got good food for me. And he rewards patience. He rewards faithfulness. So if you're in a season where you've been faithful and you've been plodding, or maybe you've been feeling like you're drowning, but you're still going, well done. Well done. Don't let someone cut in on you. Don't let something cut in on you and get too disappointed so you stray away because he has good food. And another thing about sheep is it doesn't take much to satisfy them. 
They just need a good bale of hay every now and then. And, I mean, they get all excited and, uh, and in they come. So often I think that we are tempted to move away from whatever God's got for us, move away and try something in our own strength. It's the worst thing we can do sometimes. Sure, if he's leading us and he's guiding us, then we follow his voice. But if he's not, don't move. It's something that we remind ourselves regularly. Maybe we're getting, because we're visionary people. We like ideas. We like fresh things. I don't know. Give me a wave if you're a creative person. You just love something fresh every now and then. And you get bored with the normal. And as soon as you've had about six months, some of your six days uh, of normality, you're just, you're just blowing up your own mind trying to think of new inspiration and new things to do because life is boring. And, uh, and, and that's, that's a good thing. It's a gift. We need you creative, flary, uh, influential people around, believe me, because the rest of us would be dull and boring without you. But it's interesting that patience really is a virtue. And it's one of those things that we have to grow in and and waiting on God, it's, it's not the modern way, is it? Because his voice is so silent. And yet he draws us out. He draws us in. And so this is a promise. The enemy's plans are to steal, kill, and destroy, steal our faith, steal our joy, steal whatever good things are going on in our life. The enemy wants to steal these things. And right now, I think one of the main weapons around the Western world that he's using is division. Division. If he can divide, he can conquer. And so we don't want to fall into that trap as politically minded as I might be. And, uh, and, and I'm so tempted on Facebook to just ram some comments down. I slap myself when my fingers start typing and I say, shut up, Marty, because it's going to do no good. It doesn't mean we don't have to have a voice. But that's when you'll find me out in the garden and, you know, the dog's hearing all about everything going on left and right and center and whatever else. But so often, so often, God's ways are opposite. And there's an undercurrent of God moving right now. I would do things so differently if it were my way. And praise God, it's not my way. But God is working all sorts of things for his own glory right now. Things we can see and things we can't see. And so many of them are opposite to what we think. I think that it's, it's so interesting that when we try and see what God is doing, there's always a deeper current. And so I want us to go to Matthew chapter 5. And this is Jesus preaching on the Sermon on the Mount because this is a very, very powerful passage for us in this modern day. Let's, uh, yeah, we'll start reading from verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek or the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the humble, because they will inherit the earth. Hang on, I thought all the influencers out there on YouTube were going to inherit everything. No, the humble will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I believe this is one of those promises as 
is true for so many promises in Scripture. They are promises for now and they are promises for eternity. Salvation is a promise for now and for eternity. Because I don't know about you, but even though I'm saved, there's still a salvation yet to come. It's one of those recurring themes in Scripture that even though we have a deposit of it now, like Holy Spirit, we have a deposit of Him now, but we have the fullness of Him in eternity. By the way, our alpaca is like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Ginger is our alpaca, and, and she's a she. And she guards the sheep and she works in very, very strange ways. We tried to, well, we, we got in a shearer recently. And, um, I mean, he was, he was good. But I was fascinated at the angles that the alpaca was able to get her legs. And when I was thinking about this analogy, the thief comes in to steal, kill and destroy. Do you know what? You have Holy Spirit guarding you day and night. How many situations has Holy Spirit protected you from and me from that we have no idea about? Because, uh, and let me just keep going on the alpaca theme for a minute, because alpacas can kick at literally 90 degrees. Like, you know, horses swing their, their back legs out. But an alpaca, it, it's weird. I'm going to show you a video one day because it fascinated me. When I saw Ginger kicking, it was just sort of out out exactly 90 degrees and back in and again. I'm like, how did that happen? And, of course, there's spitting and grunting and groaning. But I'm telling you, Holy Spirit, I believe he can get pretty, pretty feisty at times with the enemy. When the enemy's trying to circle you and trying to bring depression to overcome you, to make you lose whatever faith maybe you're walking in, let me tell you, he's got angles he can shoot from that we never knew existed. Because he is your comforter and your counsellor. And he is almighty God. And so whatever situation you're facing, just know that you have a mighty guardian around you. There's angels assigned to you. And so we have the weapons of our warfare are, are not like the earth. You don't have to fight the earth's way. You don't have to fight for popularity. You don't have to fight for fame. You don't have to fight even to be right. Dare I say that, even to be right, knowing that the Father is in control. It's one of those things that maybe when I get caught up in my own thoughts or trying to work things out too much myself or I'm getting too frustrated at the whole media scheme and the left and the push, 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 you know, against, against all that, that I believe to be true. And I'm seeing this take place and then I can get stirred up and then I think, hang on, God is in control. God is on the throne. He's in control and he's working all sorts of ways. And, and there's been so many things uh, said right now that may or may not happen, but God is in control and he's working. Let's keep reading. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Ultimately, the craving of every single human being in existence is to actually meet God. There's many people who trail down all sorts of paths and maybe you're here this morning and you've, you're asking questions and you're searching out for truth and what really is truth. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ, the man himself, is truth. And whenever we stray away from that man, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, 
And, and when we, we risk starting to get into other ideologies. And then when we get back to the cross, we get back to Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he washed our sin clean like we sung this morning. His blood for ours. And it's an amazing, miraculous message, isn't it? If you're here this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus. Because he is an incredible, incredible God. And he is the answer to everything. Doesn't mean everything's perfect, but he is the answer to everything. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. If we truly want to inherit the kingdom of heaven, we've got to kind of go against the flow of what we might see. There's so much pressure in this day and age. And today, uh, I want to just relieve the pressure valve. Uh, th there's times when I can remember in our business days when, when we, were, we had about 12 months of high stress. It's funny, even this morning, I was just praying and I was just recalling um, my poor CFO at the time when we were really hitting some some bad stages in our business and um, he had come from Ikea. He was the CFO at Ikea and he'd set up the whole new um, shopping complex at Ikea and, and I hired him to be my CFO, the poor guy. And uh, so he'd gone from that <laughs> to, to absolute financial chaos. And, um, and I was just recalling that this morning and, and thinking, wow, it's incredible the way God works. He will, he will take us to the depths of ourselves to truly find him. He will take us to those deep, deep places where we, we just wouldn't go unless there were trials and suffering and some, maybe some persecution or maybe some doubts and fears. We truly discover ourselves in that place, don't we? And we can actually thank God on the other side of it. If you're going through some trials, I know what it's like. And many, many, many of us do. But let me tell you, you're going to come through it. You're going to come through it. And God will teach you things and train you and build strength in you that you never would have had otherwise. Because he's a loving heavenly father. And when I read the Beatitudes and I read this sermon of Jesus, this famous sermon, you can imagine the, the multitudes gathered and all of the things that this, this incredible Savior Jesus could have said, the, the miraculous things he could have done, he could have levitated, he could have wowed the crowd, he could have done so many things that I would have been tempted to do. But he didn't. And he comes out with, with these seven verses, which obviously him just speaking speaking these riches of God and he's giving us treasures, he's giving us keys that it is not the way of the world. Don't be weighed down if you're failing in certain areas in comparison with the world because as long as you're poor in spirit, you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. As long as when you're mourning, you're going to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. When you're meek and humble, guess what? You're going to inherit the earth. These are powerful promises that all come from very, very deep places. They don't come from your success in the worldly sense. They come from your relationship with Jesus. 
And so just remember, when you're feeling pressure, when you're feeling like you've got to achieve in and of yourself, go back to the Beatitudes and realize, wow, all I have to do is humble myself and I inherit the earth. All I have to do is do some of these deeper things. These are words of Jesus Christ. They're not words of a, of a man, of just a nice sermon. These are words of Jesus to you and me to encourage us to those deeper places. I want to give you a few examples from Scripture of people that have seemingly failed miserably. If you've ever been in this camp, uh, like pretty much all of us have, and I just want to list off a few for you. Job, what, a, what an incredible man. Um, when you read the book of Job, you spend about 41 chapters in depression. And then you get to 42 and it's like, hallelujah, God is real. But that dude, I'm, I'm sure he's at the top of the table in heaven right now. But Job, I mean, Job was cursing God. He was seemingly, you know, get, get anyone godly, just get them away from me. This is horrible. And I almost don't blame him, to be honest, with, with what the Lord allowed in his life. And then we see verse, uh, chapter 42, the return of the inheritance doublefold. And he gets blessing and he gets uh, expansion of his kingdom and his wealth and everything gets returned. And this is what will happen to those who are faithful. I was mulling on something this week when I was, I was reading something and just reading about some popular Christians um, who have turned away from the Lord and they've come out publicly uh, renouncing their faith in Jesus. And it raises all sort of questions like, you know, once saved, always saved. Can you lose your salvation? And we're not going to go there today. But dig into that because it's a really deep thought. But interestingly enough, I was, I was just dwelling on these guys and I was thinking, wow, you know, these guys, they were very, very popular in Christian circles in the last two decades. And now they've come out publicly. I don't even know why they've come out publicly re renouncing Christianity, whether they want to pull a whole lot of people back on their side of the argument or not, or justify themselves, or, or whether it's just sheer disappointment. You know, one, one of the comments from, from, them was, from one of them was, you know, why doesn't God just show up? All these years, we're waiting, waiting. Why doesn't he just show up? And I thought to myself, we humans are pea brains sometimes. Who are we to declare to God, do this or do that? He is God. He is sovereign. He is in control. And the truth is, it just reflects our nature when we give up on him. It doesn't reflect his nature, it reflects our lack of faith. And it, maybe there's disappointment and fear and, and all sorts of hurt going on inside these particular people. I don't know. I'm not their judge. The truth is, I think they probably still know Jesus, but they're so frustrated. And they've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. They're just dangling by a thread. And so it's like kind of public venting, if you like. But ultimately, you and I who are in Jesus, we have these promises. And I don't know about you, but sometimes promises are more frustrating than nothing at all. I'm sure some of you are sitting on promises right now, and, and there's things brewing in you that have never come to pass. Let me tell you, read the book of Job, because it might be 41 years, and then the 42nd year it's going to come about. It's a powerful chapter. In fact, don't even read the first 41. I've told you it's depressing. Just go straight to 42 because the good stuff happens in chapter 42. 
And that's what, that's what we need sometimes, isn't it? We need hope. And the gospel is full of hope. And Jesus is the messenger of hope. He came into a dark world full of sin, full of brokenness. And he even came to us Gentiles, not just to the, the promised people, the Jews. He came to the whole world. And he said, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. What does it look like when chaos is around? What does it look like when we're suffering? What does it look like when we're going through stuff? Then have a look at the life of Job. Have a look at the life of Jonah. We have a Jonah here this morning. What an amazing young man. Don't jump overboard. It's a prophetic word for Jonah this morning. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to live inside a whale for three days? I don't know about you, but... It's crazy, isn't it? God allows just the most weirdest things to occur to humans, doesn't he? To teach us lessons. And if you look at Jonah, it could have all ended very badly. Uh, I mean, in reality's terms, it should have ended really badly. But there's this miraculous God who steps in and says, your time isn't up. And for some of you, he's saying, your time isn't up. You might be tired. You might be weary. You might have even started letting go of God because some of those things haven't come about. Let me prophesy to you, your time is not up. He still loves you. That same promise, that same calling, that same hope-filled Jesus Christ is still the same. Maybe disappointments, maybe fears, and maybe life has thrown you a whole lot of garbage and it's really weighed you down let me tell you, he hasn't given up on you. He's never given up on you. In fact, you might have been in the whale for quite a long time and thought, oh, just kill me now. That's what Job said, just kill me now. Get this thing over and done with. And you know, there's more humans actually doing that now than ever before in history. They've had enough. The, the mental pressure is just too much. Suicide is a better option because that hope-filled message of Jesus Christ hasn't infiltrated mankind enough yet, has it? It hasn't got even into some of the places in the West where we're saturated with churches. That hope-filled message is too quiet still. It's too quiet. And so we look at Job, we look at Jonah, and then I want to just look at Samson for a minute. Most of you know the story of Samson and his locks and get some cut off his strengths goes. But you know what? God says, hang on, hang on, Samson. You've absolutely failed. You're a miserable failure, but I haven't given up on you. So you might have felt like, Samson, you failed. Maybe you've disappointed yourself. Maybe you disappointed God and other people. Maybe you've seemingly failed. God hasn't given up on you. His promise is still the same. A lot of stuff often gets in the way. Normally it's ourselves. Self-doubt. It's, it's one of these real quandaries of Western living is self-affliction. Self-affliction. We afflict ourselves. We tell ourselves we're not good enough. We don't even need other people to tell us that anymore because we tell ourselves enough. If you're filled with Jesus, you are good enough. If he lives inside of you... You have the Creator living inside of you, and He can change your mind. He can change your thinking. It might mean you need to meditate on His Word. You might need to worship. You might need to get in His presence. And one of the thoughts I had 
as I was worshipping, I was just thinking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just got taken back to when I was, you know, 19, 20 and grew up here, Baptist church. And you know, we had pews back then. It was freezing cold at night. We had sleeping bags. You know, we used to warm up. Some of you, I remember Jill rugging up and other people and the codes. and other. I mean, it was freezing in here, wasn't it? How did anyone come to church back then? But anyway, I was thinking about this and, and I was remembering that I picked up a book when I was like 19 or 20, maybe off dad's bookshelf. And, um, and I began reading this book and I've been a Christian basically all of my life and, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't particularly interested. For some reason, I got hold of this book and I read it front to back and I had never done that before. And I can absolutely guarantee I'd never done that before because even at school, you know, when you're meant to read the book for English, like Of Mice and Men, what the most boring thing in the world. I don't know if we still do that in curriculum, but oh my goodness, kill me now. <laughs> anyway, I'm searching around for the, the uh, video of, because we didn't have DVDs even back then. I'm trying to, trying to flog a video off one of the classmates. So we're handing it around, Of Mice and Men, and any, anything we, just so I don't have to read the book. Anyway, so this book, I tell that story to say I wasn't a reader, but I picked up this book and I read it. And for some reason, the theme of it jumped out at me and it captured me. And I began to see, my goodness, this Holy Spirit is real. Jesus actually wants to encounter human beings. And if he lives inside of us, then if he, if he did it for this guy, he can do it for us. And here's the author, Benny Hinn. And the book was called The Anointing. I didn't know who Benny Hinn was. And I started look, researching Benny Hinn. I'm, oh, all the controversy, and he does this, and he does that. I didn't lose any of that just because he was a bit weird and wonderful. And bless and honor him to this day. But, and he does things a little differently, okay? However, when I read that book, I realized I didn't have the anointing. And I didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So I started praying and asking the Lord for this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, if you're dead and bored with Christianity, get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because Christianity is really boring without the Holy Spirit. I mean, it really is. And how it's even survived, I do not know. It's because Jesus is real and he's greater than anything else. But if you're like me, rules and regulation and pews and cold buildings isn't really going to awaken the Western world or the rest of the world for that matter. And so sometimes we need to get back to having a look at what is God doing? And I could read you a whole set of scriptures, but I, I just want to leave you with that theme. Uh, and, and the book of Ephesians says, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you've been a Christian, maybe you had an experience of baptism in the Holy Spirit or whatever you can call that. You know, it's funny because the, the older I get, the less theology I get around all this stuff. I used to think, you know, that certain things have to happen to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then I realized, oh, he does it differently in different places and different ways. And, you know, we, uh, anyway, that's a, just a whole nother ball game. What I'm saying to you is if you're bored, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Even if you've already been filled, it's okay. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And you might want to begin that in your prayer life. You know, sometimes we, we think that it all has to happen. And you know, with coronavirus, we've got to change the way we do things. So, you know, we can't throw my coat over you anymore. And this anointed thing, come and make Holy Spirit fall on you. I was talking about Benny here, and that's where I'm going with that. But ask someone later if you didn't get that. But you've got to rely on him directly. So tomorrow when you're praying, you can say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me because I'm bored. I'm bored with this thing and, and I haven't got that same fire I had 10 years ago. It's gone out long ago or a year ago or, 10, or 20 years ago. Maybe I've never had it, but I want to get to know this God who's real and He wants to encounter you. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you fulfillment in this life and the next life. And so we actually can look at Job, Jonah, Samson and others and the promise of God never left. They failed, but then God returns to them and said, it ha it's not finished yet. It's not finished yet. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And that's the great story of, of these guys is we can look at and we can say, wow, he's going to turn your failures into great victory. And that's just not a, a, a nice motherhood statement. That's actually biblical truth. We can almost look at every person in Scripture and see, wow, miserable failure. God turns it around into victory. He turns it into breakthrough, into testimony of God's goodness. And the greatest, the greatest message of all time, the greatest prophecy of all time, if you love prophecy, is John 3.16, is that Jesus Christ wants to come for humanity. And the truth is it doesn't end when we say a prayer of salvation. It just begins there. Then there's a journey with Holy Spirit, with an alpaca who will protect you <laughs> and he'll guard you. You know, he doesn't leave them. He never leaves the sheep. She, Ginger, never leaves our sheep. They're always together, always together. And, you know, and it's, it's strange if I come in and I, I try and, I mean, man, try and get her into a trailer is chaos Bronnie knows she tried to help us. She's a trooper when it comes to doing our sheep and ginger. But you cannot separate yourself from Holy Spirit if he's with you. Even if you say you dislike him, his love overrides that. I mean, that's the grace of God, isn't it? That even our, even our humanity might be saying, no, no, no. And he's saying, I'm not leaving you because you've still got things to do. You've still got promises to accomplish, even though there's been trip-ups along the way. I have not finished with you. And I believe that's God's word and encouragement for some of you here today. It may just be for one or someone watching on streaming that he hasn't finished with you. Just look to him, ask him for fresh filling with his spirit. You might be amazed in a couple of weeks what begins to happen. He might begin freshly filling you. And, and it's one of those things that sometimes happens in an instance, sometimes takes time. But patience and persistence always pays off. And so let's stand this morning. And why don't you just lift your hands? I just want to pray and decree over us this morning. And Lord, we just thank you that you are faithful. Even when we're not faithful, you're faithful. And that you've been looking ahead of us this whole time. And that you are in full control. And Lord, we just lay down any doubts or fears or even self-affliction, self-rejection. Some of you who keep 
pounding yourself with such harsh judgments. The Father never does that about you. So why do you? He never does that about you. He loves you. He's created you for a reason and a purpose and for hope and a future. And so, Lord, even today, we just, we just let go of this judgment of ourselves and of other people. And we look to you, Jesus, face to face this morning, and we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Make a home in me. Make a, a bigger home in me. Light your fire again within me and let it burn stronger. Some of you maybe who have never experienced a baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you just to raise both hands this morning. And I just want to pray for him to come and touch you this morning. Or maybe you just know it's been a long time since Holy Spirit has really filled you afresh. Then just raise both hands this morning. And we just want to ask him to come and freshly fill you today. So, Lord, we just thank you this morning that you're here with us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come with your fire, your baptism, and that you would do what only you can do, what no man can do, and that is touch us, our humanity, with your godliness, with your goodness, with your power, with your presence. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We say come and have your way. Fresh baptism. Fresh baptism of fire. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to encourage those of you who are seeking a deeper walk with him to let, let your prayer life begin to mirror this. And, and even as the days and weeks go, then please begin praying in this vein, praying for him to freshly fill you. And let me promise you, he will. He will. He will. And Lord, we just thank you for your word over us. Your banner over us is love. Your banner over us is love. We thank you for your truth. And Lord, I pray for each one of us that you would release greater revelation of your heart, greater revelation of your kingdom. And Lord, we say, come and have your way. Have your way in us. Have your way this very week. Do great things. Surprise us with your goodness. Surprise us with the things you're going to do. And Lord, I pray blessing and protection over each one of our people, our families, our relatives. I pray that you would prosper us, that you would Forbid any trials that are of the enemy, any fiery darts of the enemy. And we say, Lord, let your life, let your abundant life flow in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Bless you guys.